Your sister thinks mom needs more help at home. But when you talk to your mom, she says she's doing just fine. So what is it that your sister sees that you don't? I'm your host, Valerie Borgman, and this week we're talking with Becca Walken. Becca has spent years in senior living, working with families in these exact situations. And today we're talking about some of the most common signs your loved one may need help. Welcome to Desperately Seeking Senior Living, a podcast for sons, daughters, grandkids, and spouses who suddenly find themselves tangled in the search for senior living and care. If you liked today's episode, don't forget to subscribe and check out our doable download in today's show notes for a printable summary of the show and a bonus tip from our guest. You're listening to our doable tips, short answers to your questions. Don't see your question listed? Send us a note. Then don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an answer. I'm really excited about our subject today because I think it's so important. And it's one of those things that families struggle with, whether they struggle with it in silence or they're asking us for our opinions. And that is when is the right time to talk to your parents about assisted living? Like, what are the signs? Because I think that a lot of families struggle with that. They kind of feel like, are they being neglectful or is now the time? (laughs) And, you know, what is my mom going to (laughs) say? You know, or or they already know, right? They know it's going to be a fight. And you had mentioned that this is really one of the questions that comes up for you a lot too. Mm-hmm, and, and so, yeah. So tell, tell me a little bit about kind of how that conversation goes for you. Yeah, absolutely. So something I noticed, I mean, I've, I've been in senior living now for most of my life. I, I started, you know, at 18 years old. And what I noticed is we, we typically wait too late to have the conversation. The conversation should be brought up very early and often. And, and it's, you know, it's, it's an uncomfortable conversation. We're taught from birth, grow up and do it yourself and be independent. And then one day we go, I think I need help. And how do we ask that question? And how do we see that in our parents or our loved one that they're not asking, but it's time. Yeah, exactly. And also we want to say too, Becca, that we're not going to say how old you are, but starting at 18, you've been in See, you yes. living for about 25 years. years. Yeah. My math is right. <laughs> and that's okay. That's okay if it's not. Right. <laughs> but yeah, you're absolutely right. And the other thing too, I think, is not just that idea that I can do that do everything on my own, but also when we call our mom or dad and we say, How's it going? They're always gonna say, I'm fine. <laughs> Everything's yeah. fine. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And and that's true in any interaction. When someone asks how you're doing, there's two things we say. We either say great or we're fine. Great, that's that's awesome. That's a stop. Everything is great. We move forward with life as it is. When someone says fine, that that's a trigger in my mind yeah. to say, mm, fine's not not a fantastic word. Fine's not an exciting word. Fine is fine is just kind of blah. So asking those deeper kind of questions, you know, there's a lot of emotion involved because it's our parent most of the times that we're having to talk to in our whole life. They've been the one to tell us what to do and in, in different ways, even as yeah. we're adults yeah. and having to go to them and tell them what to do. And I think that's the biggest hurdle for families to get over. You're not telling them what to do. You're, you're asking them 
to have a better quality of life. You're asking them to be open to a conversation. These types of things are, you're not, you know, that's kind of where that stigma is, is, oh, I can't tell mom what to do. You're not telling her what to do. You're asking her to be open-minded. Yeah. And please don't, right? <laughs> yeah, don't. Because you're going to make them regress. <laughs> exactly. If you tell me what to do, I'm going to stand my ground and say, absolutely not. I yes. find this still on my own. You know? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And I think too, you know, starting out with why you're feeling this way, yeah. like what is it about the situation that is worrying you? And I think, you know, having sort of a clear idea of what it is, yeah. is it a fall? Are you worried about that? I know you and I have seen residents and seniors we work with walking down the hall and we're like, oh, <laughs> Like, yes. That looks a little unsteady. Right. <laughs> you know, what are some of the other signs that families should look for? Even start this conversation. Yeah. So one thing I would say is your parent cooking anymore. Microwave meals are obviously not nutritional. They're very high in sodium. They're not heart healthy. As we age, we get more ailments, of course. And our food, whether we like it or not, is medicine. So we really have to be cognizant of those choices rather. So I think when your parent stops cooking, that's a sign that they need more support. I think the other thing too, is they're calling you more frequently. Even if they're not asking you for things, they're reaching out more often. I actually wrote an article about social isolation and I was so just taken back to all of the things that isolation can actually do to us physically and mentally. And so that's another big one is they're not driving their vehicle as often. They're asking repetitive questions. That doesn't mean they have a cognitive decline. That again, goes back to that isolation and thinking, did I tell you that? Because I haven't said it enough that that, that thing is off my heart, you know? So I'm yeah. asking you a question. That or even depression can, Absolutely. can cause you to sort of forget, you know, what you're telling someone. Absolutely not getting to the doctor, missing appointments, not scheduling appointments and following back up. When you go to their home and you see things piling up, trash is piling up or, or just a stack of newspapers is piling up. These are, these are kind of triggers to let you know, hey, maybe mom or dad isn't as mobile as they're kind of relaying to me when I'm here for an hour with them. And so really kind of diving in and, and it's not about going over there and cleaning up their house for them. It's about trying to understand how it got that way. And what does that mean? Maybe they're not showering as frequently because they're afraid of a fall, but it can also be kind of the, the opposite. So this, you know, I'm kind of describing someone who is probably okay with being a little dependent on their family members asking for help. Well, then you have the other family members that are like, I'm fine. Leave me alone. Yeah. They're, they're actually falling in the bathtub. They're making it to the grocery store and don't remember how to get home. Those types of things. And again, mm -hmm. this doesn't mean they have dementia. I mean. We, we're on autopilot most of our lives. So when we get older and we, we have that moment where we're actually in charge of the plane all the time, because we don't have anything else to put us into autopilot, <laughs> right. we, we really see like, oh, mom doesn't know her way around or she is yeah. very forgetful. Or, yeah. There's a lot of things and it it's different for everyone. Mm -hmm. And at the root of it, the family comes to me because they have something. 
that's that's on their shoulders. And there there's that concern there. I've had families reach out to me because dad was on the floor for eight hours and nobody knew it. And he never, he had a life alert, but never pushed the pendant. Well, in assisted living, if you don't come down to lunch, somebody's coming to check where you at. You're not going to sit on the floor for eight hours. And while that may not happen all the time, how horrible was that one time of being on the floor for eight hours? You know, people have sloughed the skin off of their heel trying to get up. I mean, just terrible things. And what, what we're trying to do is make a decision sooner than later and avoid that horrible situation. Yeah. And I think there's a couple of things about what you were saying. I mean, first of all, as a family member that visits, however often you visit, and please don't guilt yourself if you're listening now and feeling like you're not doing enough, it's okay. Uh, But however often you are visiting, a lot of these changes that we're talking about are gradual. And so sometimes like when you were talking about autopilot, sometimes it is hard to really figure out that something is different until there's an event or, you know, like a fall or until something happens where it's kind of in your face and then you go, whoa. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think the problem with that is that then you might be approaching the conversation in a way that's not necessarily a very good way. It's more from this being shocked as opposed to letting your Mm -hmm. mom or dad sort of catch up to where you're at. Because make no mistake about it, everyone knows they're aging. We may not want to face it. (laughs) Nobody nobody wants to face it. You know, we're all going to be there probably, you know, and it's not going to be a fun conversation. I would say 99% of the time. (laughs) But, and so I do think kind of, approaching the conversation, like giving yourself a minute when you do kind of realize these things that can be, sometimes it can be really shocking. Like, you know, going to your mom's house and using the restroom and the restroom's a mess. And and we don't have to point out what that might be. I think everyone can kind of get an idea of what that might be. Right. And so then you're like, whoa, hygiene's an issue. And so some of these things can be really shocking. And the temptation is to walk back out into the living room and go, mom, what the heck's going on? (laughs) So Becca, what should families do if they find themselves seeing some of these signs? What would be your number one doable tip? Start sooner than later. Don't let yourself get to a hard spot. Start the conversation early. That would be my biggest one. And if you haven't started the conversation early, unfortunately, because an incident happened, and start it immediately, you know? So that's kind of a big thing. Reach out, ask for help. Today's episode is brought to you by Brookdale Courtyard Assisted Living in Puyallup, Washington. At this location, you'll enjoy the cozy comforts of home with personal assistance to give you the helping hand you need. Check out their full activity calendar and delicious food too. At Brookdale, it's much more than a place to stay. It's a place to live well. Find out more in today's show notes. Check out this episode's doable download in show notes for details, including industry terms and definitions we discussed, as well as a bonus tip from our guest. Have questions or your own tips to share? Leave us a message. We'd love to hear from you. And until next time, make it doable. Doable.